0: This is Coda Radio, episode 149, for April 13th, 2015. And welcome to Coder Radio, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show Taking a pragmatic look at the art and business of software development and related technologies This episode is brought to you by our two fine sponsors, DigitalOcean and Linux Academy I'll tell you more about those great sponsors as this here show goes on My name is Chris, and joining us every single week is our excellent host, most certainly established on the East Coast Why, it's Mr. Michael Dominic. Hey there, Michael Mesa here for the long haul (laughs) Oh I think I I, You know Sometimes you think you want something And then once you have it Mm. You realize you didn't really want it that much You liked the idea of it more than you actually liked having it Uh, That's sort of how I feel about Jar Jar Oh, I'm dude. sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. I don't mean to be inappropriate. I, I don't mean to be inappropriate at the top of the show. You know what? You know what? I know it. I know it'll make you feel better. It's been a big week. I know you're super, super excited, buddy. We shouldn't go any further. We should start right here at the top of the show. I'm running for president. That's right, Hillary Clinton, Kill buddy. Americans have all fought their way back from tough Yeah, buddy. Times, Hillary's running, but buddy. The deck is still stacked in favor of those at the top. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Every day, Americans need a champion. And I want to yes. be that champion. Are you really the excited? Run. Are you excited, buddy?
1: So so now that I'm poor, I, I'm pretty much a Hill Dog supporter. Again. Yeah. Okay. I, it fluctuates by, wait, will I pay taxes or not pay taxes? So <laughs> I, in a couple months, maybe not, but, you know. You see,
0: I try, to get your, I try to get you all riled up at the beginning of the show, and you're coming in. You're I love like,
1: Hill Dog. Yeah. I love Hill Dog. You're all in like, like on like the
0: bear. dog, huh? I,
1: listen. Yeah, I'm down with the D double G.
0: All right. okay, All right. Well, you know, she's Internet savvy. You know that she likes apps. So maybe you could she
1: hates email accounts. Let me. just.
0: Well, she just wants it to be really easy. That's all
1: right. You know, know, she could be like an Apple designer. She wants one button to delete all her. I'm
0: sorry. What? you know, she probably had it on ButterFS. And uh, let me tell you, that is a risky proposition. In her
1: defense. I I think it was exchange, actually.
0: Mm. Hmm. I believe it was actually a Linux box. I believe it was actually a Linux box, so or, or at least the front door was. Who knows what the inside was? Actually, you might have been maybe just the front door because at least on the IP scans, of course, maybe that was, it was BSD. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Mm. Mr. Dominic, we are gathered today on a special edition of Coda Radio, episode one hundred and forty-nine of the Coda Radio program. We said we'd do something this week. We asked the audience to go to the Coder Radio subreddit over at com, and we have asked for your votes, and we said the top voted stories will be our topics for this week's episode of the Coder Radio program. And so, we will go through some of your top stories. But Mr. Dominic, before we go any further, have you pre-ordered your Apple Watch?
1: Uh, remember what I said about voting for the Democrats because I'm poor?
0: <laughs> what do you think of the reviews so far? You must have seen some of them, right?
1: Yeah, I- Okay, it's pretty, it doesn't do a lot.
0: So it sounds, to me, kind of like a bit of a flop.
1: I, will, I don't know if it's a flop. I just think it's... Uh, it's I was- it, until they get the native apps on it, right, the, the actual watch apps, it's going to be a little...
0: So, um, you know, uh, a lot of the reviews, uh, universally the reviews, uh, said that the performance wasn't as good as they expected. Um, there seems to be some inherent delay by casting apps from the phone to the watch over Bluetooth, surprise, surprise, Bluetooth's only so fast, uh, and the battery life does seem to be a bit of an issue. The notification system is not nearly as streamlined as Apple made it seem during the keynotes. It's essentially, it sounds like you just get everything like you do on Android, just dumped to your, to yeah. your watch. Um, so it doesn't free you from your, wa- from your phone necessarily until you go no. in there and manually pare all that down. Uh, I would I, I look at the MacBook with one USB port and I look at uh, the Apple Watch, and I start to think this is a company that's starting to make some missteps, some pretty big missteps. But whatever. We'll see. I just thought it was interesting. The reviews, I, I was surprised. I thought it would be nothing but praise. And it was. they were pretty positive, I would say. But uh, there, was a, it, there wasn't any, essentially any review that didn't have at least some negative, seriously negative things to talk about. Some people said they could see the separation between the screen and the glass and all those kinds of things. Some people said they couldn't. But uh, – we're not here to talk about that, are we?
1: No, no, no watching.
0: Okay, we won't talk about watches. Uh, we'll talk about our meetup before we get too much further. Before we get into the main show, meetup.com slash Jupiter Broadcasting Linux Fest Northwest at the end of April. Mr. Dominic's going to be there. I'm going to be there. In fact, pretty much the entire Jupiter Broadcasting crew is going to be there with the exception of like a couple of people. Um, and, the, and, and, of course, those people know who you are. Rikai. Rekai. Rekai. What? What that's is Rikai's problem? Well, I see, Rekai doesn't really leave the studio much, so I thought what I could do is bring him like uh, on a tablet via Skype. That's legit, right? Is that legit? I
1: don't know if that's legit, dude. Well, I'm, okay. Rekai, I'm coming from across the country. Let's I know.
0: go. I know, right? Well, you got to talk to him, okay? You talk to him when you yeah. get here. Meetup.com slash Jupiter Broadcasting. Go there. When we travel around or when, um, when our hosts are attending events in your area... Um, or some of the meetups I want to do here in the Pacific Northwest, we'll coordinate them through the meetup page. So even Am if you're I not, supposed
1: to do that? Can, I'm not going to a, I'm totally. going to a conference in May.
0: You can if you want to. If you want to hold it, so basically, uh, I'm. Uh, here's what I'm doing is I'm just saying to the host like if you want to coordinate a meetup when you go somewhere, you can use this page to do it. And so I think uh, Noah and Alan have already taken me up on it, and uh, you are welcome to as well. So mm-hmm. there's a lot going on out there. Meetup.com slash Jupiter Broadcasting. The first one we have on there is Linux Fest Northwest. I think that probably the next one here in the Pacific Northwest will be Linux Unplugged episode 100, which oh. we'll also be coordinating through that page.
1: Let me tell you, uh, May 18th, I'm going to a very exciting MS Build Conference. Where is that at? New York. No, I'm, I'm not kidding. I actually am going.
0: Oh, to New York, huh? Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. so, oh. so this is an opportunity for our, our downtrodden, beaten down .NET developers to come out and show all three of their support. Um,
0: Yeah, that's all three of them. (laughs) It's going to be a tough sell. Oh wow, that's that's harsh. That's harsh, man. That's super harsh. Well, uh, we right now have 124 people signed up for the meetup group, with 50 of them going to Linux Fest Northwest. But I bet you way more. Yeah, Uh, and are they all running BSD? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we'll find out when they get there. Uh, Maybe we can convert them. You never know. Um, all right so yeah we said go to the coder radio subreddit coderradio.reddit.com and uh, submit some stories and then vote and uh, we got one that has a ton of votes 18 yes. upvotes which is quite a bit when you consider it also sustained although reddit doesn't really tell me anymore like they don't give you like
1: a down the downvote haterade. rate
0: yeah but it yeah. it it got it got some haterade, but not much but it got some um so i want to talk about that so let's talk about uh, this this topic which i uh, we'll see what you think about this this is why i quit apple um. uh And what really goes on at Apple. He says, "Uh, I just escaped the Apple institution. I've sent my resignation and I filed down. uh, I I I fled down its bright white corridors curated by grass, colorful pictures of iPhones past. I handed in my security pass. And in return, I was able to reclaim my creativity, my individuality and my free thinking from the secure Apple cloakroom. Finally, now, for the first time in two years, I feel light, creative and inspired. I am, again, an individual. My own creative ideas, perceptions, values, and beliefs. Well, so, then he says he is free.
1: I just want to throw this out there. You know how they say don't burn a bridge when you leave a job? Yeah. I think that extends to, like, firebombing it, too. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, there is no going back after something like this.
0: Uh, he says, I, have, I, I found Apple to be a sheltered workshop, the common language spoken between passive-aggressive Aggression, sarcasm, and Kool-Aid-fueled stories of success designed to manipulate and intimidate naive workers who have never experienced corporate life outside the Apple walls. Like Chinese emperors believed for the the forbidden city in Beijing was the center of the universe, and they believed that uh, he was the center of the universe, and constructed their empire around it, I'm sure at some point, people at Apple feel the same. It's pretty
1: intense. So, what what are your feelings on this? So, I, do, you guess, this do you have any guesses?
0: Do you have any guesses what what this guy did?
1: Customer service. I know it. I oh. read the whole.
0: Thing. Oh, you already know. Oh, okay. Damn it! Damn it! I was gonna. Because because the way he builds it up, you think he's a developer. You think he's right. writing code, so,
1: right? So let me let me let me let me help yeah. out some for our younger plug folks. Look it
0: down, Mister Dominic. Uh,
1: there's a reason customer service jobs are always plentiful, and the reason is they suck, right? Think about this, even at a shop, a little shop, let's say one that used to be in Eaton Town, the whole purpose of having a customer service even department of like two people is to prevent the people actually doing the work from having to take phone calls and therefore not working. So your entire job function is actually just a barrier, right? You're meant to take abuse, take, you know, make take notes, send them to people. You're you're not Doing anything. I mean, of course, the work is hard. You know, I'm not saying that you should, you're lazy. I'm not saying anything like that. But I was saying it's it's not a particularly creative job because. I, I, okay, someone. Let, let's take it to Apple, right? Someone calls in about their iPhone 5C is broken or whatever. Well, it's not your job to redesign the phone to fix it. It's your job to. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, ma'am. Um, you know, here's the nearest Apple store, whatever, and and just get that customer to be happy, i.e., service that customer. Right. 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 So, I, I mean, that's anywhere, any business. If they have a customer service department, their role is to keep the people doing the work free to do the damn work. <laughs> like you're, Think about this. If you're a – I mean, Chris, have talked about this extensively. You're a one-man development shop, and your clients are calling you all day long, bitching at you. Well, guess what? They're gonna, their complaints are going to get worse and worse and worse and worse as they keep you on the phone longer because yeah. you will not have gotten yeah. the work done. yeah. So obviously, I mean, this, this seems so stupid and so, like,
0: So why, why, trivial, do we live, but- why do we live in a universe where this is okay and this gets attention? Uh, what is it? Is it that we are all a bunch of narcissists that we think we're so important that we should go to our special blogs with our beautiful theme with our name and our picture on there and go write our story for the world because we have been wronged and so therefore the world must know?
1: One, I, like, you know, maybe they were bad to him, whatever. I'm not saying he's right in Apple or that like he's wrong in Apple. Right, right. right. I'm saying that criticizing your previous employer publicly is – insane.
0: Well, you know what else? It's a a chicken shit move, because what can they do in response? All you can do is be out there making your big stink about some sort of egregious thing that happened to you, and of course it's all your version of the story, and what's Apple going to do? They're not going to do shit about it, because first of all, you're small time, you're small potatoes, you're not even worth their attention, and second of all, responding to you only brings them down to your level, and third of all, it's going to give you more ammunition for the troll. And so the only thing you can do is sit up here on on your high horse and take shots at Apple with your chicken shit position because you know they're never going to say anything. So you're such a badass on your stupid little blog. And then, of course, right. it doesn't matter if it's Apple. doesn't matter if it's some if it's some uh, wood carving company. It's completely inappropriate.
1: Well, this is like one step up from leaving a drive by review on Google Plus or Facebook yeah. about your previous employer. Right. Yeah. And I've had that happen. It's it's it, you know what? No one ever did well getting a new job. By saying, oh, and the reason I don't work there is because they're a bunch of assholes. Even if that's true, right? Let's, let's say he walked into work every day and they just slapped him in the face. Like straight up, he walked in and he got slapped every day.
0: I like the Joker's uh, response in our subreddit. Uh, he said, uh, I think the majority of the issues described here are due to a culture clash between the Australian and South Asians. He didn't like them. And uh, they didn't like him. He, like, he had a culture yeah. like dry runs. There was uh, like a
1: hint. Well, dry run is just like a like running through something.
0: Well, he says he didn't I, like them, and he, they said, "I don't like them." Quote, dry runs to me sounds like something you'd pick up from Southeast Asian street food. I don't know what he yeah. means by that, but
1: I mean, there's like there's a weird hint of like elitism, or, yeah. or, or dare we say, like cultural whatever. Judgment. But yeah, either way, I can't help but like never want to ever work with this guy in any capacity ever. Right.
0: Yeah, I would never want, like, after I right. read this guy's post, I would never want him to work for me.
1: Or even, like, in, a, in any capacity. Like, as a client, as anything, because... Oh, all right, he, sure. You know his opening move is, I'm unhappy with something, we have a minor disagreement, let me go, write a freaking 500-word blog post
0: about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then what I love is he quotes Steve Jobs, which is just, like, the total arrogance ca- uh, icing. Uh, as Steve Jobs said, don't be trapped by dogma, which is living the results of other people's thinking. You work
1: stuff. in a call center, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't let not... the noise
0: of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. He says, "Thanks, that... Steve. I choose to follow your advice." <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... he is right, no, and he... good for him. I'm glad he's doing what makes him happy. Like, don't get me wrong.
1: Yeah, you know, we should move on because this has nothing to do with anything. I, I well, know a was, lot of action in the subreddit. It was yet. the
0: number one. Th- yeah, I got the most action in our subreddit this week, uh, and I think it it does happen where you work for somebody, and you know what it is.
1: Dude, do, you like the, do you like that the flag is the Chinese flag, by the way? Yeah. Did you notice what he did with the Apple? Yeah.
0: Yeah, the yeah. whole thing's nice. And the, the yeah. comparisons to China and Apple's interest in China right now, I mean, that's, that's a nice touch. Uh, but I will say this. I, I think what it is is a symptom of absolute and total burnout. This guy's too young maybe or something. He doesn't realize it, but he let himself get pushed way too far to where he made them the bad guy. He made them the villain, villain and him the hero. Right, and he had to get it to that point, and he got. He should not have let himself get it to that point.
1: You mind. know what it is, and, and I, I know lots of people like this. They work at these tech companies in like a sales or customer service capacity, and they believe the bullshit. Right. The, the unfortunate side effect is like, let's say you work at Apple, Microsoft, Google. If you're not in dev or systems engineering or anything like that, I mean, I know from experience, I know from friends, I know from all this kind of stuff that it is kind of like a two tiered system, right? Like, yeah. Support doesn't get the same treatment as production to, to use a. Uh... But let's move on, because uh, honestly, it's interesting, but it's, it's not really relevant. And... I agree.
0: I mean, but well, we still no. give it attention. And I, yeah. I actually, though, I don't know. You know, we do have enough people going to school listening. Hopefully, they'll hear this and think, okay, well, I'll never do that.
1: <laughs> well, n- never bad. I mean, because here's the thing if anybody does a background check on you, that's on your. You can't hide it. Right. What work- do you
0: get when you Google that guy's name now? And, and because and it's what? got they, some attention, it's going to get linked to quite a bit, yeah, too. And
1: they can always cold call your previous employer, regardless of what you think of that guy. Yeah. And, you know, giving him a hard time on the Internet is not going to help Maybe you. if like,
0: uh, and, and if you're calling to do, like, a reference check on this guy to Apple, maybe that guy at Apple is just waiting for that call, being like, I've been maybe, waiting for this phone is just call. so
1: offended by what you did. Yeah. He's like, you
0: know, but, like, you know what? If, that, if anybody ever calls to check on that guy, make sure I get that call. Right. <laughs> I'll be sure but, to pass it along. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to— All right, to, Mr. Dominic. We have, uh, we actually have uh, – this would be a good spot to take a break. We have uh, a good – it's a good uh, shift because uh, this next one I think we'll dig into quite a bit. So I want to talk about DigitalOcean, which is a great supplement to this show. If you're out there and you need to go get yourself a cloud server for pretty much any purpose, for your own back-end infrastructure, for an app you want to do, for development testing, for production, for off-site scaling – Really, anything. DigitalOcean gets you covered. Why? DigitalOcean is a simple cloud hosting provider dedicated to offering the most intuitive and easy way for you to spin up your own cloud server. And if you use our promo code CODERDIGITAL, you get a $10 credit. You can try DigitalOcean out for two months for absolutely free. No credit card required. And get this. It's not going to take a ton of your time either. So not only are you going to get a $10 credit, but you can get started in less than 55 seconds. And pricing plans, they start at only $5 a month. That'll get you 512 megabytes of RAM, a 20 gigabyte SSD, one CPU, and a terabyte of transfer. A terabyte. And they have data centers in New York, San Francisco, Singapore, Amsterdam, and London. And they got another one coming on right now, I think. Uh, and, you know, this is the beauty thing. So you go over there, you use the promo code Coder Digital. You're going to try out that $5 rig two months for free. You're going to get a very fast machine, and they've got a lot of distributions of Linux you can choose from. Free BSD is also available. And then then you get to manage it all with DigitalOcean's awesome control panel. It is so simple and very, very intuitive, and power users can replicate it on a larger scale with DigitalOcean's straightforward API. It's built so beautiful, and it works on your tablet or it works on your desktop. And the great thing is the community has really, really embraced DigitalOcean's API. They just released their new one, the new version 2.0. And there's a lot of great apps out there already built, but you can just take advantage of it too with some basic scripts. Hey, maybe you want to write something in Python. Mm. They have stuff for that. They, they, it's actually, you should check out the community section because they just have, like, libraries you can download for like just to, to snap it into something you're building. <laughs> it's really cool. And, of course, they have uh, all kinds of fantastic tutorials, really, like... Um, Everything from getting started with uh, uh, N- Nginx to um, all kinds of different securing your securing your boxes to uh, deploying GitLab, and uh, I believe there's even some on there for Mumble and Minecraft. They, like the the range is just fantastic because they've been paying the community to write them, and then they've hired editing staff to edit them. And so you get the, you get that so you get a droplet for five dollars a month, and you're gonna get to try it out for two months for free when you use the promo code Coder Digital. Then you get the super great interface, and it takes you no time to get started. And then on top of all of that. The tutorials will really help you get the most out of it. Go set your go set yourself up something. It is really cool. DigitalOcean.com. Use the promo code CoderDigital. That supports the Coder Radio program. We really we really do appreciate that. And uh, of course, i will get you that ten dollar credit over DigitalOcean. CoderDigital. DigitalOcean.com. Thanks, DigitalOcean. All right, Mr. Dominic. I really liked uh, this submission to our subreddit uh, by uh, Coden Carnage and our Code Carnage, I suppose. And uh, it's kind of long, but he says it's the four goals in any business. And this is based on our our conversation in last week's episode. He says, hi, guys, long-time listener, blah, 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 keep up the great work, blah, 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 while listening to Coder Radio. It occurred to me that the central issues of business are not being directly addressed. I reckon you have four interrelated and conflicting goals in business. You can easily excel at any one of these, but you will only be truly successful if you can do all four to some degree. Number one, get the contract. You know what? I'm going to give it a ding. I'll give that a ding. Number two, get as much money as possible for the least amount of effort. Number three, leave the client happy at the end. And number four, feel good about yourself. The question of hours-based versus fixed pricing contracts, for instance, touches on each goal. A fixed price might make it easier to get the contract. That's number one. But it, might, but it may come at the cost of losing control over the yield of your work. Number two. Efforts to maintain your work yield, framing additional work as outside of the current contract, can risk leaving the client unhappy, which is number three, resulting in a forfeiting of future work back to number one, and make you feel as if you are providing a bad service, which is number four. On the other hand, an hourly price may make it more difficult to get the contract and may result in the client feeling more anxious. Given these goals, the ideal business relationship is one where you can say whatever you want to get the contract, including lies. Two, do very little work but still charge a great deal of money. And three, have the client thank you for lying and overcharging them. And four, and still be able to sleep at night. That would make you a sociopath, to be sure. But we probably know people who are like this in some fashion. Obviously, the feel-good-about-yourself goal controls what you do to achieve the other ones. So, is this all just an argument for people to be more sociopathic? In a way, it is. You have to be able to be comfortable with selling your capabilities, perhaps overselling to a certain extent. You have to be comfortable with limiting the amount of work you do for clients and with charging them for more than what you think is fair. But they probably don't. And you have to be comfortable with the client being unaware of the fact that you have done these things before. Anyway, that's, uh, that's the lens through which I see the business issues that are brought up on the show would be interested to hear if anyone can think of an additional fundamental goal that isn't covered by the four mentioned above. And again, keep up the good work, blah, 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 uh, more paragraphs, et cetera. So, Mr. Dominic, do you think maybe everybody needs to be a touch of a sociopath in order to be successful in business?
1: You know, I, I don't. I, you know, it's funny because I've had, like, lots of clients, lots of different kind of things. And one thing that keeps repeating itself is, like, working with startups and they run out of money, right? What do you do – like, I definitely get – In my mind, his four points assumes a perfect world where the client will pay you, right, can pay you, and is somewhat reasonable about scope, which seems to me to be a pretty – That
0: would be Mm -hmm. my – when I was doing IT consulting, that would describe my client base. I really never had a big issue of getting paid, sometimes delayed pay.
1: Well, you know, it's funny because I I work with a lot of – or I used to work with a lot of startups, and that – Startups have a bad habit of trying to hide financial problems.
0: Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah it's definitely so, the clientele, for sure. I mean, my clients yeah. were more doctors and lawyers, yeah. right? Yeah,
1: so then, you, then your, your risk is at a minimum. Yeah. I mean, I, I, do I think you should be you know, a sociopath? Obviously not, right? Would I, you know, if I were to get involved with something with a startup again, be more mindful of what the risk is?
0: potentially. I wanted to touch on a core thing of his, though, and it's something that I really wanted to convey to the audience. Um, he says, you have to be able to be comfortable with selling your capabilities and perhaps overselling them to a certain extent. You have to be comfortable with limiting the amount of work you do for clients and charging them more than you think is fair. And he means you literally, fundamentally, as a person, have to be okay with that in order to be happy at your job. Like, like you have to be comfortable potentially charging more than you, what you think you might be worth Right, like, so I had a hard time charging what I thought I should charge for a long time, and then I finally did make that. You know, when I was doing that work, I finally made close that gap, and I felt a lot better about it. I felt I did feel a lot better, and what I realized was is uh, maybe this is a justification, but in a way, because I was at towards the end of my career of doing that, my my I don't know if it was a career or my job, my my run of doing that it contracting. Right. I. I I was way faster than anybody else in the company. I was, I was always the fastest at getting in there, fixing the problem, getting the work done, but also still engaging with the client and being very sociable. But, I mean, like, you know, I could go and I get it done in a half hour, take somebody else two hours, right? Well, so if I'm charging the same rate, I am the one that gets screwed. Because I know how to do it better and faster, I get screwed? That's not fair. So it does make, maybe it is more, maybe it is more logical to charge a bit more for my rate than somebody else's that takes longer. And then once I kind of – once I realized that, that well, hold, on, hold on now. Hold on. If I don't make this change, I'm the one getting screwed and I'm not going to be happy with that. And I, I made that. I made that. And so then I, I – the, you know, we started charging more for my rate and it worked out pretty well.
1: Yeah. I, I – you know – Ultimately, like I used to be much more freewheeling on this kind of stuff. Like I'd let people be 60, 90 days late and I'd kind of just suck it up. But eventually, if you become more responsible, if you're not a solo act, right, you know, payroll doesn't stop. And that's a huge problem. So I I think I actually kind of disagree. I don't think it's, you know, being a sociopath. I think you have to defend yourself. Um, And I would go far enough to say that. You should probably turn down more projects than you take. But I, I might just be bitter.
0: No, no, I totally agree. You gotta say no.
1: I mean, I, I want one red herring, to, or one big red flag to me is if somebody, you know, wants a big contract, but they they're really, really hardcore about trying to negotiate with, negotiate the rate, but they claim to have all this money. That's usually not a good thing, right?
0: Yeah. A red flag, you say?
1: Red flag. Like (laughs) like that's a danger, danger. I it's funny too, because I I have a lot of empathy for my past clients because, you know, when you're a startup and you have an investor, he could change your day overnight. So maybe that's a risk of that segment. Hmm. Um
0: I, I think it is, yeah. I think that is it.
1: But on the other hand, you have to think about the value you're providing big companies on. Big companies like consultants because big companies, even if they're in fire at will state don't fire people at will right they have hr procedures they they have insurances they have all these kind of things so the value that you're bringing is that they can fire you honestly like that's and it can be for no fault it can be you know what we decided to cancel the project that's the value you bring
0: well i mean oh jeez that's a tough, that's tough. Really the value is you're more flexible, you're more dynamic, you bring in a skill set that right. the company You,
1: you can. You, you're a cost that they can turn on and off when necessary yes. rather than an employee. That who, is a
0: perk, but I don't know if that's the value is you bring a skill set that's outside the company and then you
1: can be I, I kind of think it is because if you think about, or maybe specifically for, for what I do, because you know it doesn't make sense for generic large company A to hire a bunch of mobile developers, right? It might make sense for them to contract with a few though for three months, six months. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's different if you're more a generalist. I don't know. I mean, this is this whole billing stuff is all stuff that I, I've been thinking about a lot because it seems to me that there is a lot of situations where you need to uh, – Projects can get out of control, either costing the client too much money because they get excited and they want to add and add and add and add and add, and add uh, then it never ships, or too too much fighting about you know big design up front, right?
0: I wonder if you know the this 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 segment this segment specifically, if they don't look at. Uh, at all this stuff as like well, if this doesn't work, we'll just drop it like it's hot and just move to something else completely like it's almost it. like it's they, they, they're so nascent uh they're almost like immature they're like almost like like young children in a way
1: yeah i, I think particularly for mobile it's uh you know it, it's something that's not a core competency for most people. So they're trying it out. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't, right? So make hiring a mobile team doesn't make sense almost for any company, in my opinion, unless they want that to be a core part of their business.
0: So uh, we had another, another uh, submission to the uh, subreddit. It was a, a Stack Overflow developer survey. And just a few numbers we can run through. The, uh, the audience seemed to think this is kind of interesting. Every year, Stack Overflow does this. They had more answers right. than ever this year. <clears throat> 26,000 people from 157 countries participate in a 45-question yes. survey. Uh, sixty-eight hundred identified as full-stack developers, while nineteen hundred mobile, twelve hundred as front and, and two as framers, and twelve thousand as something else. (laughs) Uh, so here you go, developer profiles um, from the respondents. Uh, so right now there's seven point two billion people on Earth. Thirty-two million of them visit Stack Overflow monthly. Thirty-two million. Stack Overflow gets thirty-two million, Mister Dominic. Can you believe that shenanigans?
1: It's awesome.
0: Luxembourg, oh, yeah. Iceland, Sweden, Israel, Finland, and Singapore are the top six, devs per capita. Bottom six are Somalia, Chad, North Korea, Congo, Mali, and South Sudan. Age ranges. Looks like the most common is 25 to 29 developers. Yep. It's, uh, 60, the 60-year-old range is 0.5%. 51 to 61.9%. It really drops off. Uh, it really starts to drop off, honestly, after 30 to 34. Interesting. The strongest is the twenty-five to twenty-nine range. Twenty twenty-four being the uh, secondary. Age by country: thirty-one point six is the the average age of a developer in the United States of America. In the United Kingdom, thirty point three years of age, and in Canada, thirty point three as well.
1: So there's there's a whole bunch of interesting facts out of these numbers. One is what recruiters will get you to call yourself on your resume. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, farmer, not framer. Sorry, I got
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if the the drop off by age that you mentioned yeah. uh, what was it 35 isn't because people get pushed into management.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean obviously I think there well, are more people. Or is going it generational?
0: To- is it like that's the age of people that are going into the industry right now that are current in the like is it like these people the, the 30 to 34 and the 25 to 29 and you know these are in our age range here and like this is just people that are our age that are getting into the into the workforce right now or in the workforce now are established in the workforce, really. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's that or if it's, like, I wonder if these numbers will continue to move up. Like, they might move up into the 60 range, but I bet. I bet you're right. By the time they get higher, more and more drop off.
1: You become manager, you become CTO. Yeah. You, you end up doing yeah. that kind of thing.
0: Uh, at the time of this writing, the average developer is 28.9 years old if you average it all together. He or she was born in 1986 on average, just as IBM manufactured the first megabit chip makes a lot of
1: sense to me actually yeah why
0: look at the males dude 92.1 yeah. females yeah.
1: 5.8 it's a bit of a sausage fest oh uh, what's interesting is number one language chris say it loud say it proud
0: well oh, i didn't see it where was it javascript baby. oh javascript of course of course flushing uh, it did you see the years of experience here uh 32 percent two to five years of experience 24%, 11 plus years of experience. To me,
1: but that curve seems right to me, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. wouldn't you have more people with like five years experience than 10? Probably.
0: So women, if you just break down women, uh, the average age, the average length of development time uh, this is less than two years at 37%. Two to five years, 30%. Six to 10 years, 15%. Yeah. More, responded, more females responded from India than the U.S., Self-taught? Look how strong self-taught is in the category. Still the number one indication, 41.8%. Huh. Look at that. Look how much further uh, master's degree is. Master's degree in computer science, 18%. Self-taught, 41%. Master's degree, 18%. On-the-job training, 36% of respondents.
1: Yeah. Someone who's more plugged into the, kind of the hiring and job market can tell me, but I don't really think you get that much more money for having a master's.
0: 48% of respondents never received a degree in computer science. Yep. 33% of respondents Ooh. never took a computer science university course. System administrators are most, most likely to be self-taught. 52%. That sounds right to me. Huh. Interesting.
1: Now, I wonder if there's not a, a bias with it being Stack Overflow. I mean, I know it. Oh, I mean, of course. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Is,
0: yeah. Side projects and open source, uh, two to five hours per week for twenty-seven percent of respondents. Yeah, five to that's ten bullshit. hours. Yeah,
1: really. Yeah, I, I. So, so this is the the data point that's most dubious because now we're just asking people, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think everybody says they do open source on their resume. I, <laughs>
0: you know, seventy percent of respondents reported that they spend two hours or more per week programming either as a hobby or working on open source software. Seventy percent.
1: I could see like the hobby thing. I don't know. So, so my question, Chris, is what is this? It, like, I read this whole report, and all it told me was that those dirty, dirty web devs are taking over the world.
0: <laughs> you still hung up on that JavaScript thing, huh? I'm
1: I'm, I'm hiding in my little objective. Wow, sequester. look at that. Now, let's
0: look at over the years. So let's start in 2013. Oh, God. SQL was ahead.
1: <laughs> SQL, Yeah, SQL was, like, dominating. Was SQL, like,
0: yeah, SQL, 59.6%. 50, JavaScript is sitting at 56 So JavaScript in 2013 was biting at SQL's SQL. And then in 2014... Uh, JavaScript pulls ahead by 1%, and now in 2015, JavaScript has a solid 54% lead in SQLs at 48%, Java itself 374 C Sharp 31 PHP 29%, Python 23%. C++ okay, 20. so
1: here's my, here's my question. They have JavaScript, Node.js, and AngularJS as different languages. That doesn't seem
0: correct. <laughs> and they and Node.js and Angular JS 13.3% and then Angular 133 percent right. Should
1: we add those or is those part of JavaScript? Because if if you add them, that's ridiculously tilted towards JavaScript. I, I don't think that's how they're doing this. C sharp is not not if Java's beating C sharp? And Python. Is, where's Ruby? Oh my God. Where's Ruby?
0: Eight percent. Eight percent.
1: My favorites are right at the bottom. Eight and seven
0: obje- percent. Wow. Objective C. We've regardless of the iOS platform.
1: You know what? Yeah. C's, but yeah.
0: Wow. Twenty-one thousand respondents to this particular question. Actually, almost twenty-three. Twenty-two thousand.
1: So it looks like if you're wanting to break in, the place to be is JavaScript. Actually,
0: yeah. Or if you want to do a server side, uh, like say, say that Java is the number, still the number one server side language, and the most frequently tagged, uh, used tag on uh, Stack Overflow.
1: Most, most loved, get, get out of here. Most
0: loved is Swift at seventy-seven point six percent.
1: Well, they didn't call me. That's for sure.
0: And wow, look at Rust doing pretty damn good for something we don't talk very much about. Rust at seventy-three point eight percent. Go seventy-two point five. Wow.
1: Uh, theory. These are the languages that people say they like. Yeah? Because <laughs> it makes them look, yeah, All right, you ditch. ready to see the
0: most dreaded? You ready to see the Let's most dreaded? Let's do it. Let's do it. Salesforce. <laughs> <What>? Yes. <laughs> Visual Basic and I WordPress.
1: <laughs> Run. I agree. Run. That's like the trifecta from
0: hell. These are not languages. It. Languages are tech, but not have expressed interest yep. and continue to do so. Wow. Look at LAMP. LAMP is most Lamp dreaded, 62.2%. Uh, wow. Cordova's That's...
1: in the shithole, right where it belongs.
0: CoffeeScript, 54.7%.
1: Good. what's most wanted that All
0: should right, be let's find out most wanted android wow android yeah. 17.7 javascript 15.4 and then python python God
1: damn it you serpent and bastards look at
0: ruby's not even on that most wanted list
1: hey zai hey chris always remember i back a loser every time objective <laughs> c
0: ruby <laughs> Wow.
1: Me at the horse track, Speaking of losers,
0: out. look at the massive delta between iOS and Android. This has got to be representative of Stack Exchange, because look at that. Yeah, Android, top of the list, 17.7%. iOS, fourth from the bottom at 9.4%. You know,
1: although, I will say, I have seen a lot of that, actually, just kind of talking to people going around in the market a little bit. It seems like a lot of iOS roles have been filled. Well, so people are hiring for and, and this
0: is where I was starting to go with the watch discussion, and then I bailed, is I... Uh, where I was, what, The point I was trying to make at the top of the show with the watch is I don't think that's going to change the game at all for iOS because no. you've got to have an iPhone 5S or newer. You've got to have $350 to spend on one of these things at the minimum. It, it's
1: not that interesting, honestly. It like, doesn't, I, it doesn't I, do I,
0: enough. It doesn't do enough stuff. It does not... It, it, the, health stuff, the, the health stuff is appealing but I could, get a, I could get a Fitbit that does a lot of that for 80 bucks. Um, and, and the thing is, is I still need my phone for this watch and all the stuff you do on the watch you could do on the phone.
1: Well, and it also locks you into the platform. I mean, I honestly, even as a dev tool, I I just don't see the the watch as an interesting developer platform so, yet.
0: I don't see so. What, but you see, I think Apple is hoping that that watch changes the game for them a little bit. I just don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Don't I, I mean, yeah. I mean, this I – I this 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 most uh, wanted. though, surprises me to Android just dominating. Oh, I we can't make sense. We can't wrap without looking at desktop operating stats, and then we'll then we'll move on. Okay.
1: Windows XP. Windows XP. So let's
0: start at 2013. 2013, Windows 7 with 48%, Mac OS 18.7, and Linux at 19.9. XP was at 10. All right, and then in 2014, Windows 7 drops to 45, Mac OS climbs to 20.3, and Linux at 20.9. In 2015, Windows 7 down to 33.8, Mac OS at 21, Linux goes up to 20.5, Windows 8 at 19.5. Linux is doing surprisingly well.
1: Right, so, so it's funny. Basically, Mac's game gain has almost exclusively been at Windows's loss.
0: Linux may be a smaller player in the consumer market, which is 1.5% of global market share, to, according to them, but it's a go-to OS for developers, according to Stack Exchange. That makes sense. It does. That's pretty cool. Uh, and they, all Win- like, they like Ubuntu by 12%, and then Debian at 2.2, 2, Mint at 1.6, Fedora 1.3, other four Arch.
1: Mm, arch the wrong choice.
0: Notepad plus plus is number one. Sublime text number two. Vim number three. Uh,
1: uh.
0: I know, I know. All right, was I'm okay there. with two of those. Dark All is right. a, is the preferred uh, theme. Light uh, comes yep. in at number two, obviously. Source control yep. Git number one. SVN number two. That's just fascinating. I think. I think it's fascinating. All right. Hey, uh, we have another great topic that the uh, subreddit submitted, and uh, before and then actually we also have uh, one email that might blow your mind. You ready to have your mind blown, dude? It's gonna do it. Oh no. Oh, it is. It is. But you know what? First, it is definitely time to talk about Linux Academy. It is definitely time to talk about our friends over at Linux Academy. Go to com slash coders to get the special Coder Radio discount. What is Linux Academy? My friends, Linux Academy is designed for our audience. I swear. I should have thought of it, to be honest, really. But good thing I didn't because I think they're going to do a better job they just they have what it takes they've got developers they've got open source and linux enthusiasts system administrators and educators that came together i don't got that right and plus they were able to build this entire platform from the ground up to meet exactly their needs so it is unlike anything else on the market they have step-by-step video courses downloadable comprehensive study guides it comes with your own server when you need to spin up spin up something for the lab you're gonna get a public ssh access to that thing it's really cool plus you get to choose from seven plus of the linux distributions available like there's more than seven so you choose that it updates the courseware and the virtual machine that it spins up. But today is the 13th of April. And Linux Academy has a lot of content. And that's one of the great things about the subscription base. You just get full fire hose access to all of that. Here's the thing, though. Today is April 13th. On April 16th at 9pm Central, they're going to do a live announcement of, of a huge content update for Linux Academy. Now, this is going to blow your mind because they already have enough content to keep you busy for a long time. And don't worry if you don't have a lot of free time. I don't either. And I still make Linux Academy work. One of the things that works for me is they have learning plans. So I go in there and I say, I have this much time available Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Can you build me a custom course for that availability? And they actually can do it. With each little indication how long each section is going to take me, and I love it. Because I can go in there and say, oh, well, if I want to learn Python, it's going to take five and a half hours. I get that. And they have scenario-based labs so that way you actually get hands-on examples. So you go deploy a technology and make it work. This was incredibly useful for me when I was trying to figure out how to use the AWS stack and take advantage of some of the different things they have there because that's really its own breed of technology. So to be able to go into Linux Academy and work in one of their labs actually on the AWS system, which, yeah, that's included as part of your Linux Academy subscription Then I'm ready to go use it in production. And it's not the first time I've ever done that. I like that a lot. The other thing that's really cool is if you have a distribution you're sort of moving from and you want to learn how to do something in the distribution, you can choose from one of their 7 Plus distros. They'll spin up the virtual machine in that environment for you. You go do the learning with their courseware. It's really great. Plus CompTIA has been working with them to make sure that you can go take their courseware there and then go get the certifications. That's really awesome. They have virtual labs that I think you'd find really, really impressive. They have a fantastic – I think they have the best course on the web on OpenStack and the best material on the web on Docker and the best material on Vagrant as well. I mean, they, it is really fan- – and, and Amazon Web Services. It's, it's, cause this is what they do. They don't do, like, Photoshop tutorials and After Effects tutorials and kitchen sink replacements. They do this stuff, and that's all they do, and they go in-depth. Linuxacademy.com slash coders. Go get the Coder Radio discount. Support the Coder Radio program. and Make yourself better, too linuxacademy.com slash coders big thanks to Linux Academy for sponsoring the Coder Radio Program so I wanted to cover this uh, post that it the, was the last like sort of out of all the ones that came voted in this is like the last high one and it's the unremarkable career of some modern software developers did you see this one?
1: I did. I did. I read it. And it's funny. I've actually been following discussions on this. It's uh, you can pretty much divide the response based on background.
0: So it starts with I graduated from college a little bit over 10 years ago. I've been messing with computers since I was 14. This doesn't make me wise, but it certainly gives me a fair amount of experience to write some tips. Uh, He said, I should have started here. Let me start from the beginning. What's already looking like a rant. But back in the day when I was at school. Uh, we, all we had were, uh, were hours and hours of computer science theory covering everything from wicked math classes to data and file structures to algorithms and everything in between. That was day and night. And it gave me the foundation I needed to understand how the hell I was supposed to program a computer. That was when time, that in that time, uh, one kilobyte or one megabyte of RAM was a luxury reserved for a few. <laughs> Fast forward a few years and look around; everything is so high level. Nobody starts anywhere anymore from the same place. I had to start back in the nineties. There's probably a library for that, anyways. And he says that's no good. Do you agree, Mister Dominic?
1: You know, I actually do agree, despite my unorthodox background. Uh, so I spent a lot of time, like, trying to read the algorithm books, trying to go through everything, and. While I can honestly say that I never, ever, 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 ever consciously had to, like, reference an algorithm book to do anything, I, I can't believe and – and, and if you see this – this was posted on some other subreddits. If you read some of the comments,
0: it, I would categorize them as hostile hmm.
1: because I, I definitely get, like, feeling insecure because you don't have the CS degree, right? Like, you know, if you sat there and asked me about algorithms, I'd look at you like, I don't care, you know, I just – the iPhone app will still get done in four weeks, right? Like, but the idea that you shouldn't learn it is crazy. So I would definitely, you know, I did the do the reading, take the online courses. Hell, if your community college has the courses and you can afford it, go take them. I kind of disagree with the the assertion though that you can't be successful without knowing it. I think you can't be successful building large enterprise backend systems. Um, I think you can absolutely be su- successful building websites, small web apps. Mobile apps, web, most because let's be honest, most things don't need to scale, right? right? Yeah, very true. Most most projects get ten users. Who's your mom? Your aunt? Your grandma? Like, like things just don't need that. So, do I think you're totally unemployable if you don't have it? No. Do I think that if you don't have it, you should start studying right now? If you have time, actually, yes. Even though I really, really don't think you're going to have your knuth on your desk and be reading it for every uh, everything you have. One thing it will help you with is there's always going to be that guy who, if you're looking for a job and you have an alternative kind of background, might try to do the, oh, so tell me about, uh," you know, insert notation here, right? So it would be helpful to answer those questions. Yeah. Um, Having said that, you know, I I would challenge most people who took the traditional route to actually, you know, on the spot be able to answer those questions because I have a feeling after enough years it all – become Stack Overflow and APIs, right?
0: Yeah, I... I
1: yeah, it, it, it seems a little... <laughs> you know, I, I, I definitely feel for both sides. Like, I would never be the guy to say, no, you don't need to know it. But I think there's a little bit of the, you know, well, we're better, this unwashed yeah, yeah. masses, mask, this kind of thing for the, for the more, I like to say, mathematically grounded people. You know, I'll be in my local university, Monmouth you, they do a a computer science course and a software development course. And the software development is just practice, Mm -hmm. right? There's Mm -hmm. not a whole lot of theory in that. And if you were looking to hire a junior programmer, you're better off going with the practice guys because they could generally work from day one. With the theory guys maybe don't know how to set up Eclipse, right? Maybe, you know. I don't think one's better. I think it's different jobs. Certainly if you're writing the next, uh, you know, if you're working for YouTube or Google, you don't have the mathematical background or you don't even endeavor to learn it on your own. I think you might be screwed.
0: Maybe. Right. Maybe I, live code comes in and saves us all. Have you heard of Live Code?
1: Yes, the guy who emailed about that. I I thought yeah. it was devil magic.
0: Cypher writes and says, Hi Michael and Chris. I'm old, lazy, and I'm an old fart with over twenty years of professional experience. And everything from assembly to C++ to Java, and even real basic. Software development has always been my passion, and I do it. Even if I didn't get paid to do so, I would continue. I recently completed my first major client project in a language called LiveCode. I have to say, that was... Possibly the easiest development job I have ever done. And that's considering I've worked in both the old VB6 and real basic worlds. Do you think live code has what it takes to be a serious development tool in the long term? Would you ever use it for a project? Are you familiar with it if you are? If that is? Thanks a lot. Keep up the great podcast. I've been a faithful listener since Coder Radio episode one, Cypher. So I'm not familiar with live code, and I'm wondering if the audience has some experience.
1: Yeah, this is my first hearing about it. It it looks like devil magic, but if it works for you, great. Well, um, no, he's I, an old a,
0: fart, and he approves. That's something.
1: Yeah, right. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of loving it. I, if Hey, if it's helping you do your job, that's great. I, I've i never used it.
0: So, so. let's see. Uh, here, I'm just going to play a little bit of their... It looks like they have a cool video on their front page. I'm just, I'm just, you know what I like? I like cool videos, so I'm just going to play it. <laughs> I am a sucker for these. You are. Hi, I'm Hi. Kevin Miller, CEO Kevin. of Live Code.
1: Thanks very much for visiting our site. I'm here today to help... You discover how to create your own app and what it takes to be successful with that app. Here at LifeCode, we have a vision that everyone can create apps, it's something that we're passionate about. We've helped tens of thousands of you to create your own apps, hmm. everything from interactive dashboards, like our
0: mobile. business
1: solutions, cloud yeah. solutions, okay. games. I don't know. There I mean, you you, go. It, it, you know, there are a ton of these tools available. Yes. I mean, there's, there, there's Xamarin. Yeah. Like to hurt yourself? Yeah. Um, there's there's all kinds of. Uh,
0: Alex uh, Vada in the chat room says it's a descendant of Hypertalk. I would really like to get the audience's experience with this thing. I
1: would. I you know I would actually it was, be interested. It was a crowdfunding on Kickstarter. Yeah. It has got
0: seven hundred fifty thousand on Kickstarter. So that's.
1: Uh, I, I guess it would be cool to actually talk to these guys. I'm like, all right. So how does this devil magic work? Yeah. Yeah.
0: That is this be.
1: the transpiling thing, or 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 is this like a you know abstracted away where you're running it in like a live code runtime or right. something? Right. Right. <laughs> Yes.
0: Well, Mister Dominic, uh, the audience we are losing quickly uh, because we uh, they want to go to space. Let's let's, right. let's blast off as Team we Rocket. record live right now. Uh, NASA is blasting off, and our, our live audience is is vacating the chat room to go watch. I don't know somebody going into space. I guess uh, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Chat room. That's fine. You know what? Uh, here's what we need is we need you to show up live so that way we have more people here to hold us together to keep us on the air. Come over JB Live TV. We do this show noon. Pacific 3 p.m. Eastern. Go to JupiterBroadcasting.com/calendar to get that in your local time. JupiterBroadcasting.com/contact. Send us your email. Give us your feedback on live code. Coderadio.reddit.com is also a great place to go and engage with the community and submit stories. Coderadio.reddit.com is where we got all of our discussion from today. Mr. Dominic, is there anywhere you would like to send people throughout the week?
1: Dominicm.com.
0: Magic, freaking magic. I'm going to say it again. Coderadio.reddit.com. Thanks everybody who voted this week. It was fun. We appreciate it. We'll do that again in the future. And very soon, Mr. Dominic will be here in studio. Ooh. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in this week's episode of Coda Radio. See you right back here next week.